I am fresh off watching the Elvis Presley movie, so I'm going to do the whole podcast like this. Oh, um, man, you didn't even tell me that before the show. Yeah, surprise. My name is Elvis Presley. You're listening to Infinity Rewatch, huh? Okay, this is a, this is a Marvel thing. Uh, I like, I like, uh, actually, if you watch the Elvis Presley movie, you will learn who Elvis's favorite superhero was, and it was, in fact, Captain Marvel. The DC Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel actually plays a significant part in that movie. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, and uh, that's what inspired uh, Elvis's outfits from time to time, is uh, Captain yes. Marvel's outfits, yes. Uh, if it's one comic book fact I know about Elvis, it's that one. <laughs> And also, uh, you, Ryan, are it, yourself. You are a honka honka burn in love. So that's another Elvis conflict connection right there. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. You <laughs> equally are a handsome devil. Woo! Yeah, it's, it's, I got to go put my face on for a bit of a rewatch. This podcast <laughs> is inevitable. <laughs> um, well, if Elvis was alive today, uh, I wish that he would have. A been alive today and B been cast in a Marvel movie. Um, maybe he plays like I don't know who can he play? Who's like a person that would be age appropriate? So like an old man that he could play in Marvel. He would have played uh, if they if they had done Volume Two. Uh, he could have played Ego as Star Lord's dad. Oh <laughs> I think my that god! Been, yeah, uh, I think that would have been a fun uh, variant version of that for sure. Ego Elvis. Well, you know what's funny? Who played Ego? Well, of course, Kurt Russell, who also played uh, his first movie. He played an Elvis movie. Exactly. Look yeah. at that. Look what we're doing. We're fine. Yes. Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> I want Wait, somebody out Illuminati there. Illuminati or Illuminati? Ooh, the Illuminantes. Uh, I want to join like a like a. Uh, like a what do you call those swingers? I want to join a swingers club called Illuminati. Uh, uh, somebody out there who's really really good at deep fakes, please put Elvis in every Marvel movie somehow. Just put him in there. You know, you just have like a shot of Elvis going like Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, no, I I can't wait to see that movie. I've yet to see it, but. Uh... But I got to say, I, I'm really digging this actor because, like, for me, I'll, I'll get really into the actor only because they're going to probably play a really cool character in, a, in some sort of nerdy experience that I'm going to really enjoy. And uh, he's going to play uh, uh, Fade in Dune Part 2. So I'm very much excited to see him play that character. Yeah, I'm excited to see him play Fade, too. He did a great job playing Elvis. I don't think the movie spent enough time on him. It was a very strange movie because it's Baz Luhrmann. So it's like all over the place and it spends a lot of time focusing on Tom Hanks's character. And it's like, I wish we got more of Elvis because he did a great job and the movie's kind of called his name. So I, I feel like uh, you don't see as much of him as you would like. I'll, I'll give you that before you go in there. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. I was I was surprised you saw it because you said that with Baz, like you know, he gives you, he makes you feel dizzy after all those you know crazy shots and transitions. He does, and he did here too, but it wasn't quite as bad as uh, Moulin Rouge. So I was able to, and it's a long movie. It's like two forty, but uh, I mean, I guess I just like Elvis that much that I was, I saw past the carnivalness of it all, the the circus ringmaster that is Baz Luhrmann of it all, and I just focused on what I was there to see, which was mm -hmm. the king of rock and roll. 
And uh, there's also, there's an actor in there who plays uh, little Richard in like a cameo. No way. I don't know who this dude is, but his little Richard is like as good as the real little Richard to the point where I'm like, they better freaking give this guy a little Richard movie because it was spectacular. Well, you, you always talked about what, what would be cool crossover movies. And one of the things you mentioned on your YouTube channel was the idea that they, that, you know, you would see a singer from like one, you know, one other singer's movie and then do like a spinoff movie there. So you would see that bunch of crossover. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I, we still never really got that. Like uh, even in the, the Straight Outta Compton movie, they had a guy come in who played Snoop Dogg and he did it like perfectly. I'm like, all right, where's the Snoop Dogg movie? Nowhere. That's where. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if Elvis was alive, I'll tell you what he would really enjoy. Is episode five of Miss Marvel? Maybe I don't know. I don't know what his tastes were like. I don't know what. There's no Captain Marvel in it, but there is a lightning bolt in it, so I feel like he would dig this show. He would. Uh, I mean, okay. So let's get into it. First of all, welcome back to Infinity Rewatch. As always, here are your hosts. Uh, of course, I am Ryan J. Marvel, uh, and uh, and here we're talking about this episode five today. But joining me, as always, my fellow co-hosts and leader of the pack. Mr. Which pack? Don't tell them I'm here. I'm hiding from the pack. They're mean. <laughs> I was going to say the wolf pack. Ooh, but, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about episode five today. Uh, I actually forgot going into this episode that we were time traveling back to the big like partition ah, movement. So you got a uh, nice so that little surprise there. It was, it kind of caught me off guard for a minute there. Cause I was like, what, what's going on? And then like, just like, you know, trying to, get hold of the wheel here and get into it. One thing I will say overarching about this episode, first of all, again, I love the, I love the, the depiction, the historical period piece that they did. I love how the intro kicked off with kind of like, a, a, again, a period piece tone like they would do with Captain America. Um, and one of the things I found interesting about this episode, uh, it's both a good and it depends on how you look at it though. But it kind of felt like more like a Agents of Shield kind of soap opera-ish episode. And given, given I get it. Um, you know, one thing I do like about it is like how mystery plays into the show. That's what Agents of Shield did really well. It's like they really played on the themes of mystery and where the story's going. But at the same time, I really thought we'd get a little bit more than what we got. I mean, it, this was actually a fairly short episode, which means Very like a lot, which next week's episode, if it is the finale, is going to be like jam packed with a lot of stuff. But it did feel like as as an Agent Shield show usually does is they'll give you like the smallest timbit, the smallest thing. And but like but the good side of it is like, again, like the emotions, the story, the. The, the connection between characters is just, oh, the feels, which is one thing you and I did message back and forth on was, uh, was during this episode, definitely the feels. Yeah, what a good job and daunting task it is, but you've introduced us to two characters we have not been tracking for the past four mm -hmm. weeks, and you make us care the hell out of these characters. So that was exceptionally done. The feels were all over the place. This train station thing, man, oh, it got me. Um, but I do have the same thoughts that you do about this whole 
super short episode going into the finale. And I'll touch on that as we get to the end because I sense a problem coming here. Uh, and there's certain people who, according to what I've heard and read, are to blame for this problem. But Really? Yeah. Well, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, we, I like getting, I like seeing this, the different colors that they've been using for the Marvel logos, the Marvel Studios logo uh, throughout these shows. And we got a sepia tone for this one, just to say, hey, we're going back to the past. For those of you like Ryan, who don't know, we're going back to the past, we're going back to the past. <laughs> so they, yeah. they reminded us with that. And uh, then we got this great story of Kamala's great grandparents uh, and her great grandparents are two beautiful people. My God, I am, I'm time traveling back to, to Pakistan. Uh, if I can meet some folks who look like that, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Her great-grandmother uh, is absolutely stunning. And yes, her uh, great-grandfather as well, a very, very debonair, handsome mm. man who, who I must say, again, has something you can't teach, just commands so much presence on screen. And that's he rocks honestly... the hell out of that cane, man. I was oh, like... Yeah. It's like, you know, when you see like a kid at school who like who's like wearing their baseball cap backward and you're like, oh man, that's cool. We should all do it. I saw this man and I'm like, I want a king. I want to walk around with a king. Just that that presence. You can't you can't teach that. No matter what physicality, what physical training you take to learn how to like just own the screen like that. Oh. But I mean, but but I mean the grand the great grandmother did equally as well. She has uh, again, she does a very good job of maintaining focus, like having this like very, um, very uh, strong focus uh, that's that's there. And it's it's an interest. I mean, it's a terribly tragic story, but um, but it it really demonstrates human perseverance, which is a really heartwarming experience. Um, and. I mean, at the same time, again, as a Marvel fan, you kind of got to put your expectations in check here because you got to remember Marvel stories are about humanity. Like there's a humanity to all their stories. So you can't just, you know, like try to fast forward to like when a superhero scene's coming because you may not get it for a while. And that's the whole point of it, which I'm okay with. Again, like I'm all for the feels. I'm all for the story. Um, but it's, it's hard to resist not wanting to get to like get to the superhero stuff like get give us some more answers uh and, and it's so hard it's i feel really bad for the marvel creative team in that in that aspect because it's you just you you, you want to get the comic book stuff because that's where the real that's where again you just want to be fed that's that's where the, the feeding happens you want to be hard. fed and you're right the juicy stuff is there but i mean this is what i think makes marvel so special is that they are running on full steam. They are a 10 out of 10 well-oiled machine when there's superhero stuff going on and when there's not, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you, I always think back to movies like from the bygone era of superhero movies, like the ghost rider movie where, you know, you leave the theater and you think, why couldn't every scene be as cool as that scene where he's riding with the old ghost rider and one's on a horse and one's on. Like, why couldn't every scene be that cool? Even something like as recent as the, the first of the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. I remember everybody saying the same thing. Holy cow, that elevator scene where they're beatboxing is so much fun. Why wasn't the rest of the movie like that? Marvel has consistently 
almost consistently. I mean, Thor The Dark World is not, you know, anybody's favorite film, but it has <laughs> consistently made it so that we never have to ask that question. Nobody has ever left a Marvel movie saying, man, that Groot character, that was really fun when he, when he fought those guys on the starship. Why wasn't the rest of the movie that cool? They never have to say that because the rest of the movie was that cool. And Marvel has gotten that down to a science where all these little times where nobody's in a costume jumping around, punching other people in costumes, you are still enraptured by what you're watching. I'm watching this gin land on a flower farm and meet a dude who I've never seen before this episode. It's my first time meeting them. And they meet and they fall in love and they obviously have the sex because there's a baby on the way. Uh, and I'm just like, I love watching what these two people are going through. Same as the way I loved watching Vision just sitting on a bed with Wanda talking about love and loss. Nobody's punching anybody. Nobody's flying. But I can't tear my eyes off the screen. Marvel has found the right recipe to make all of those moments Marvel moments. And I, I don't understand why it has taken us as a species this long to get here. True. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually watching clips of Ghost Rider myself recently, and those movies actually do a similar job, but in shorter time. There's still lots of drama, lots of soap opera-y moments, but th because it's so short, they're few and far between the heavy action, visually entertaining experiences. Like one of my favorite movies before the MCU is Blade because it's like the perfect balance of the feels and the action. Like it's just, and when the action comes in, man, does it hit so hard, but it feels <laughs> so good. Um, but Ghost Rider is very much the same formula. It's uh, in fact, Ghost Rider actually had a lot more soap opera-y in interaction, especially watch the extended cut, which in my opinion does fix the film a little bit, but there's still mm -hmm. sort of overarching major issues with it. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm all for it. But like, for example, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a really good case study in this, it, what I will call the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. formula. The, the differences with Falcon and Winter Soldier is, is that there are so many different comic book players coming in and out of the show that you don't start worrying about where's the drama going? Why do I need to know this? Like you don't start asking questions. You don't get uncomfortable in your seat because, you know, just as like, just as there's enough context and substance, that's a good word, substance to the story, then they'll be like, oh, and here's Zemo. And then like, okay, now they're all playing around together, you know, and then ba -ba -ba -ba, here's some more emotions. And then boom, here's uh, here's the um, uh, uh, the malignant, uh, the oh my god, my Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje, thank you. My brain is just not having it today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but they they keep stirring the pot, if you will. So as yeah. it simmers, the pot stirs, and there's no again, there's no um, burning points here. But with Miss Marvel, the, I think the issue. Not that I would say I have personally. I mean, I get a little kind of like little antsy about is because like I think a lot of comic book fans, if you if you've read Miss Marvel, you may have some context, but the average Marvel fan probably doesn't have a lot of context into the world of Miss Marvel. So they're probably wondering or getting to the kind of asking the question like, okay, what's the next big event that's gonna happen? And you this episode, you don't really get it till the end. And the problem is, too, is they're still kind of tippy-toeing around some big questions that I've asked from the very beginning of the series till now. 
which is like, is she inhuman? Are the inhumans a factor? Because that's a major part of her story. And if it's not there, I it's I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it because that I feel like that story does need to be explored. And like as great as it is to get all these like again history and culture and stuff, I think you could have still used up some time to connect some dots here because the tippy toeing thing is it was cute the first few times, but I'm getting kind of a little like impatient with the whole idea that and it I don't mean impatient like this is a bad show. I mean impatient as if I'm like I need answers. I need to be I need some answers here to help bring some more substance on the comic book side to the story because there's a really great emotions, there's great relationships with um, the 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 mother lineage, you know, from the great grandmother to the mother right now, and and even with um, Kamala, but it's again just kind of like uh, as a Marvel fan, just like so what is she you know what i mean like like i get like she she like the whole thing's about identity and 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 your culture and all that stuff and i think the problem is is like how does this play a role in the mcu we're kind of kind of past the point of origin stories here where the person's so isolated from everything else like even moon knight it felt like there's some big wheels turning that's like gonna affect other things yeah, I mean, you can't have a show all about Egyptian gods, and we'll find out tomorrow, but you can't have that show and then not reference it at all when you have a character come on the scene who's like, my whole thing is I kill gods. So the the cross-pollination is still going to happen, and I would, I, I, I would disagree with you if not for one thing that happened last week. I, I would be like, hey, if they're just jinn, and that's her backstory, I'm cool with that. I think that's neat. Like, I'm fine. And I would just be looking ahead at this point, and I wouldn't care to answer those questions, if not for the fact that last week, Mr. Red Dagger Man with the bandana, uh, or, or his boss, I can't remember, one of them told Kamala, they're not jinn. That's just what they've been called by the culture that they ended up, you know, appearing before. That's what right. cultures do. They they use their own mythology, their own stories to quantify something they can't explain. Along come these people who are like, hey, I'm wearing these bangles, blah, 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 I can do this. Oh, you must be Jin. Uh, and I think it's kind of funny that we got the bangle as the representation of this uh, because in Disney's other big thing involving Jin, namely Aladdin, how do they represent if you're a genie or if you're free, the genie's bangles? When Aladdin frees him, those things come off. So it is very, it's very, uh, a very neat little parallel that they drew there. And I mm -hmm. think that maybe, I forget, did you say the bangle was in the comic or the bangle's not in the comic? The, bang, the whole bangle, like she does wear bangles in the comic. Okay. She does wear them, but the significance of them, like giving her her power is completely irrelevant. Okay, so maybe they threw that in with the gin thing as just like a little, huh, look what we're doing, we're Disney. Um, so <laughs> I think there's still an answer that's not just gin, uh, and which again, I would have been fine with that answer, but you can't say that last week. You can't say like, oh, no, no, they're not. They, they, they People think they're gin, but they're not, and then not follow up on that. Uh, yeah. So. 
I agree with you. I think there is going to have to be something to uh, to another layer of curtain to pull back. But that's going to make me circle back to the problem I have with this episode. So I don't know. Before before we talk about that, why don't we talk about how this train platform scene ends? Because this is pretty crushing. Uh, first of all, the the lead gin lady. She's thrown down some ultimatums on Great Grandma Khan here. Um, what do you think she wants, right? Do you think she really just wants to go home, or is it more complicated than that? Um, I think it's a little more complicated than that. There seems to be alluding to something a little bit more here, um, but. But I think I, the other thing is I thought there's there's two bangles, so I thought she's still looking for the other one. Right. Yeah, because they they come in pairs, so maybe she's uh, she's still hunting for that too. But yeah, I I feel like there's more to these people than just let's go to our world. Because let's face it, the Earth is a pretty nice place, more or less. Right, I don't know what your world is like because we don't know what you are yet. But the Earth is pretty cool. We have the tick here. I bet your universe does not have the tick. Okay. Yeah. So you show up in a world, Ryan, where you're like, "Wow, this world is very different from mine." But they have the tick here, and I have power that these people in this tick world do not have. So if I stay here, not only do I get to watch The Tick on Fox Kids every Saturday at 9 p.m. or whenever the hell it's on, but I can kind of, you know, if I am truly this mean person that this lady seems to be, I can just be like, yo, humans, give me all your stuff or I'll kill you. Yo, humans, build me a, a temple or I'll, I'll set fire to your jungles. Like, yeah. So what, what's really going on with these folks? I wish I could tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Like that. Like I understand there's the clandestine story that that's an actual comic book story arc there, but I don't understand. I just don't. I again, I think they're they're tiptoeing too much around subjects and not giving enough to work. Uh, not giving like there's they're not giving you enough to kind of. Uh, keep leading you down this rabbit hole right like it just feels like breadcrumb after breadcrumb after breadcrumb but all you're getting in the end is just breadcrumbs and like <laughs> and like i want more and it, it the problem the, the other problem too is it's a great story it is a great incredibly culturally rich story that's beautiful to watch and yeah it's just i don't know it's the marvel formula is weird with this one it's just really weird and so let's talk about let's talk about the elephant in the room here let's let's really talk about why i named this the agents of shield episode of all episodes because the major thing here is uh of course i'm skipping ahead a little bit uh but uh you know the time travel thing was weird too is is she playing in a memory or did she actually time travel to a looped event and like create like synced it right so it seems like that that was a real event that she jumped to uh which is interesting because it plays to the arc of like it plays with the theme of kang a little bit mm -hmm. uh which is kind of interesting but uh the other side of the coin is so the the barrier breaks and the veil is unveiled 
and what's interesting is they're like, we can go home, and they go they go towards the gate, and they turn in this purple stone, and then break, and then turn and just fall apart. So that's clearly a reference to Terra Genesis event, which is which is the event that co- creates Inhumans. That's that's like a direct label to like that's an Inhuman thing. So which is like I like this is where I'm like okay, am I like am am I am I actually understanding what you're showing me here, or are you just tiptoeing again? Right? Like I don't know if it's playing too much with feelings, or I, I or just. Or are they are they trying to they trying to put a lot of faith into comic book fans that they that they should know the answer to this question and you need to just say what it is yourself and I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on that because at the same time we all love those moments like oh she's the Scarlet Witch you know what I mean like yeah. it's we know we know it we know she's the Scarlet Witch because their names there. Her powers are there. We, you know, the whole witches episode, which was fantastic, is there. But you know, the affirmation of "oh, she's the Scarlet Witch" is a big deal, and we may get this in the sixth episode. But if you're going to do this Terra Genesis event on the fifth episode, you kind of leave it short. It's like, eh, you could have, you could have, like the end credit scene could have been like, uh, you know, like I don't know, like there's. Like, I don't know, a shadowy figure saying there's been a terror Genesis event in New Jersey. Uh, and it's like, or wherever it's, wherever it was. But like, uh, oh, sorry, India or Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, there's been a terror Genesis event there. So then everyone's like, okay, we're getting in humans. But what does that mean? We're not even at the, what does that mean yet? Because we don't know what it even, what we even saw. Because it's, they may be inhuman, but they may not be. They may be clandestine, but they're not, they've been called many names. Uh, you know, Kamala is technically a jinn, but she's not. And it's like, well, okay, if she's like all these things, if she's not that, then what is she? Yeah. And it's and it, on episode five feels like it's I don't know. If I'm gonna write a show like this, I had six episodes to tell my story. Four is when I drop some big things, and then it's an up upward motion from there. Like you start like creating these big events, and so. I was a little confused there, but that's the big thing I wanted to explain to you is that like that was a visual representation almost to the letter of like Terra Genesis event, which is when uh, Terra Jing Crystal breaks and the smoke goes into the body and they turn into stone and they go into this cocoon. And then when they come out of the cocoon, they either die and fall apart, which we just saw, or they live and they become their inhuman self, which that means like kind of like a mutation, right? They right. could turn in like in Agents of Shield was actually a really cool representation of it uh, because Quake, uh, who we who was named, uh, she had three names in the show. Daisy Johnson, I think, was one of them. Daisy was her second name. She had a one more name before that. It was her nickname. Um, and uh and yeah once we found out her name is daisy then we knew she's quake then through that we knew she was inhuman and then they had like the terror genesis event where she found a crystal and another agents of shield guys like okay well let's break it and breaks it and they both turn into rock he dies because he's not inhuman quake comes out with her powers and it's like this beautiful actualization event and then there's another character who actually mutates, becomes like a porcupine, spiky looking thing. Um, but yeah, so that 
what we saw was again a representation of the terror genesis event but again i it gave you very little to work with and because there's so many labels going on in this show right now it's very hard to confirm or deny anything that's going on there are a lot of labels when it happens on agents of shield does it look exactly like that sort of uh the crystal is kind of like it's, it's like your regularly standard you know fantasy looking crystal um but they they turn into stone almost the exact same except they turn into legit brown rockish stone in agent's shield and in this show they turn into a purplish stone which is like the gem or the bangle sorry right Wow, interesting. So that's that's something that went over my head. I was just sort of confused as to, because I thought the portal opening was what they wanted. Because that yeah. lady's like, oh, we can go home. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's a portal to their home. And then they run into it and die. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's a big question mark on top of what have already been several other smaller question marks. And I mean, I guess that that brings me to my big, I don't even know if complaint is the right word, but I'll say complaint. Why not? My, my big complaint here, my big uh, sad face emoji mm-hmm. when it comes to not just this show, but other shows we've gotten. Uh, and it's the fact that you... When I say you, I mean like the royal you of like you being Disney, really. You have the unlimited opportunity of a streaming service at your disposal and you're not using it correctly. You have power that it has taken years to get to the point of having this power Mm -hmm. and you're still behaving like you're not in control of the power. Here's what I mean by that. Because we got uh, a fella by the name of Bob Chapek, who runs Disney now. Uh, he took over from Bob Iger, who stepped down. You have to be named Bob, apparently, to run the Disney company. It's just a rule now. Uh, uh, so you and I, yeah, you and I, we have no, no chance. But uh, <laughs> if you and Isabella name your firstborn son Bob, we're in. All right. Woo! Does so, Robert count? Because isn't it? Doesn't Robert turn in Bob? It does, but I don't know if he's like, I think Robert J. Iger, I think Bob Iger was Robert, but Bob J. Peck, who knows? So yeah. We'll have to ask him during the next quarterly yeah. call. But uh, Iger used to let the creators dictate a lot. Um, Iger would be like, hey, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, you have your story mapped out. How many episodes do you think you'll need? How long do you think you'll want them to be? Cool. Go for it. Chapek, from what I have read and what I have heard, has this idea in his head because he's a suit and he's not a creative person. Let's make them all six episodes, right? And this is coming down from him. And he's turning it into a rule. Here's the rule. You're doing one of these big Marvel shows or these big Star Wars shows now. Six episodes. Here we go. Back in the days of network television... You had to finagle with a network to order episodes for a season. Usually it was a season of like 22 or 23 episodes, and that's a lot. And what always ends up happening, even to the best shows, is you get episodes that feel like filler, and they're not great. And you can tell they just, you know, the network demanded X amount of episodes, and the writers were scrambling for things to shoehorn in there. 
with the advent of things like Netflix, things like Disney Plus, with the advent of streaming service, you no longer have to play by the network's rules. That's why we don't, nobody watches network TV anymore is because now the rules of those are off the table and now the creative team can just be like, hi, I'm the creative team of Stranger Things. We're going to make this uh, nine episodes long and every episode is going to be two and a half hours because we can, because nobody is saying no. And then along comes Bob Chapek. He's like, no, no, let's just do six episodes. I'm a businessman. Business, business, business. I read Forbes magazine, and I don't know how to write scripts, but I read Forbes. (laughs) So this person is saying you can only do six episodes for these seasons. And what ends up happening here is we have all these shows where we we see the same problem happening, right? The reveal that Kingpin is your villain should have come halfway through the season. Instead, it's like, oh, this is Kingpin, cut to black, you have one episode left, and that episode's not even an hour long. The the ending of Moon Knight, so abrupt. He gets out of his fantasy world and wakes up and falls on his face, and that's the end of the series. And now the same problem is happening here. You've come to this point where you have this huge, beautiful mystery, and you answered some questions this week, but you raised a hell of a lot more, and now you're going to end on something that, let's face it, I don't want to speak for you, buddy, but I don't think anybody watching this show cares about, which is damage control. Nobody gives a shit about damage control right now. Nobody's like, oh, man, how are they going to stop damage? Because we've got bigger, more important things to worry about. Uh, I don't know if you watch uh, The Boys on Prime Video. Have you watched The I Boys? have, yep. I find the same problem happens with The Boys sometimes, where it's like every time they cut to, like, you know, there's so much cool stuff going on and they've built this beautiful world. And then for some reason, the writers just keep saying, let's cut back to Frenchie owing money to drug dealers. I'm like, what? Who cares? They're superheroes now and we have to stop them. The fact that this guy owed money to drug dealers two years ago, we, why are we even talking about this? So Bruno and what's-his-face getting attacked by damage control. Cameron. Cameron, thank you. Getting attacked by damage control, it's like, we still don't know what the djinn are. We still don't know what this world is. And you want to come back and have us deal with a bunch of suits with drones? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No. Yeah. And, like this this whole six episode thing, like you're saying, we are at a point now where the same thing is going to happen. That's happened with the last three shows is we're going to get our finale next week. And sure, it's probably going to be fun. and We're going to enjoy it, but it's going to be, 49 minutes long and we're going to feel like we where the rest of my show go yeah i i definitely feel that and and it's funny that you bring up this bob uh Kapchuk or whatever his last name is here because jpeg sorry jpeg thank you um here's the thing you know if this is the problem i have with people who think they know business better than they know better than they the better than a way something should be portrayed artistically is you take a look at the formula and you say you it's it dc had this problem take a look at the formula christopher nolan killed it we need to do more nolans give me more nolans because that's going to guarantee bank and that doesn't mean just because you're making it six episodes long does not mean you're going to make more money you look at stranger things stranger things has dominated the internet every single time Every single time a new season of Stranger Things comes out, guess what? 
views go up for not only the show, people want more clips of the show, which means social media does really well for that show. But on top of that, memes are made, right? Yes. On top of that, people who made these songs in the 80s, they're getting, uh, like the, the Kate Bush song, that song got $2 million in royalties because of that show. And that's not even talking about being able to just use the song that they probably paid to use the song, which is stupid. Like, that's crazy. And the video game references. Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons is laughing now because of the, the, the love they've created for that. And look at the formula of that show. They're like eight to like, you know, part two of seasons of, or, of sorry, part two of one season. They have like they don't even follow a, a traditional formula for their streaming per se, but like I don't think that's the I don't think you can look at it and say six episodes go do it. And and my understanding was they love Feige. Feige should have free reign to do whatever the the dang hell he wants. So I don't know. I'm a little puzzled as to if that's true. Then I'm a little puzzled puzzled as to why that's a rule and what I dare you prove to me. Prove to me that that formula works in any any way, shape, shape, or form. Because what I've read from Forbes magazines and stuff is Disney's Marvel shows they're they're generating a lot of views, but they're not bringing in more people to the platform. So what's where's where's this like written rule that like yeah it's going to bring us more subscribers because of the the mystery and all this stuff? Because I guarantee you, man, fans. Comic book fans, though, as 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 passionate as they are, they're not dumb. Like they know what they're doing. Like they're they may be impulsive from time to time, but but the fact of the matter is, is like they 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 know when they like content and when they'll encourage others to bring on to watch said content. Like if you tease Doctor Doom and Loki, oh my god, the the amount of views you the new subscribers you would have had just to see that scene. For example, better example, you talked about Star Wars and Mandalorian, you know, brilliant plan. This is this is our plan for Mandalorian. This is what we're going to do. That Luke Skywalker scene was probably the most talked about. And I guarantee you probably the most new generating viewers scene of all the Star Wars shows, like just watching Luke just totally dismantle an army of robots. What more do you want out of life? You can put in all the drama you want. You put in that scene. Oh, my God. But yeah, like I just don't buy that like the six episode rule is like guaranteed to be like the best formula for Marvel. And the fact of the matter is, is like I know Marvel is is trying to find a rhythm, I think, with the Disney Plus series. I don't think they found it yet. I think they've been close a few times like WandaVision and Loki definitely stood out above the rest because it had the right ideas with surprise and delights and changes in rhythm of the show. But like Falcon Winter Soldier was one tone all the way through. Uh, Moon Knight was a lot of fun. They actually found some unique ways to utilize a musicality to the series and create a lot of mystery and, and create it that way. But again, it's kind of kind of all over the place a little bit. And what if I don't even want to talk about because what if was just what if it was all over the place. But my point is, is like Miss Marvel has kind of fallen victim to this idea that like. I think I think they should have done some crazier things. Like honestly, you bring up a good point. Damage control. If they're if they're a big problem, they should have been a bigger villain in the show. They should have been a much yes. bigger villain. What I would have loved, hundred percent loved, and you could have 
you know, fans would have gone crazy if you did this is like the hunt for superheroes and like have them like kind of like acting as like a precursor to sentinels and like hunting for super powered individuals heck drop henry peter gyrick in like one of the <laughs> one of the can uh cameo scenes at the end there when he's with damage control and they're like oh we couldn't find this hard light girl or whatever and he's like no we need to we need to get we need to get these kids like we need to start bagging begging these people with powers and then uh, the internet will go nuts because like oh my god if peter gyrick's here that means you know x-men aren't far from far away you know what i mean like if damage control is the real villain here then you need to you need to keep that narrative a strong pace throughout the film here but the problem is it's like we need to care about our family and we do that, that's a very important part of her story and then we need to care about, you know, uh, we need to care about this Cameron kid and like how did the clandestine play a role in this thing? Okay, now there's that. There's no clear adversary here. And that, you know, we talked about this formula before, but there's no clear worthy adversary here. It's just so scattered and we're just kind of running around trying to figure out what's going on. Is And is, is it like Cameron or Cameron? Because... As far as I'm concerned, Cameron is like the big, uh, he's going to be an ally to Miss Marvel now. They've already played the story, which we call, by the way, because we read the bio in one of the first few episodes that he was, or one of the first, actually the first episode he was introduced. Um, and we talked about his new human powers and stuff and how he gets them and he gets them through his mom. Here we are gets it through his mom. And then now he becomes the inhuman and you see, he can project hard light uh like uh kamala can in, in a way uh so so there's that but yeah you're right i think you just said it so beautifully is like there is there is a lack of focus here on like what's going on and and it's it's a real shame because the show is amazing but like where's the adversary <laughs> right and you know we've got damage control could be a great adversary and so could the gym, but you need to pick a lane. And we just spent two weeks. We have not seen damage control for two weeks. When yeah. we get to the final episode, it'll have been almost a month since we've seen damage control. Nobody is going to care about, yeah. about stopping these guys. Um, the I would have, you know what? Actually, this is how I would have done this show. I would have minimize the narrative of the school life a little bit i would have minimized that narrative to buy me let's say a half an hour give or take that half an hour i would have moved up the history the history of her family and the bangle and then the whole thing there and and played that episode a little bit sooner then what i would have done for the rest of the show or sorry no sorry yeah she gets the bangle yeah and then what i would have done for the rest of the show is she goes to the con and then she uses her power Damage control starts hunting her down, like massive manhunt for the superpowered individual, all that stuff. Then as the manhunt's going on, you go through her memory of her going to India about the bangle and discovering her power and getting the, all that history in there. And then as that story concludes, we go back to the manhunt right away because we have all the facts. And then like, and then like the even with the clandestine, I would have played out that story throughout uh her being chased by damage control and it's literally like everyone's chasing her because right now it just seems like oh i'm gonna take vacation from being chased and i'm gonna go learn my family history and then i'm gonna 
come back and I'm sure it's going to be like, first of all, if their department of damage control as good as they say they are, how would they have let her left for India? They would have stopped that right out of the gate. Like if they were onto her from the beginning, which they, they were essentially, they would have, Oh man, they would have found her for sure. Yeah. This, the whole damage control thing is sitting really sloppily on the plate here. And it's like, do we even need this? We've got so much on the plate already. Like, you this is just making the presentation look bad we're, think, we're at we're we're at like this food buffet here all the food is good but our mm -hmm. plate is quite full already and we're debating whether we want to just mount more food on top of it just to eat it but it's going to be a sloppy plate for sure it, it is it's gonna you're gonna get your fingers dirty by the time you deliver it to the table and it's like is that worth it for just some dudes with drones the most mm -hmm. boring thing next to zombies on the face of the earth is drones um I, I think the fact of the matter is, is that what people like Bob Chapek need to remind themselves of here is aside from one show that I can think of, none of the Marvel shows have had, I've enjoyed all of them, as I know you have as well. I've had so much fun with them. I'm so you know happy and thankful I got to watch them. They're all super fun. I can't wait to watch them again. But none of the shows except one has had a good ending worth talking about. And none of them have had an ending where it's like people are talking about it, man. Like saying, man, the ending of that show was like, that really, that was something else. The only one that I find, in my opinion, at least, that had an ending worthy of that was WandaVision, was the one where they didn't stick to six episodes and they took their time. Because that was, you know, probably, that was back early days. They probably still had Iger letting the creative team map out their story, not adhering to a strict set of rules, because once again, Mr. Bob Chapek, you are not network television. You don't need to adhere to a strict set of rules. You are streaming. You make your own rules now. So they were playing with that set of toys, and it shows because the ending they gave us was beautiful. And it's, it's still as far as I'm concerned, the best show that they have done on Disney Plus. And I feel like if it wasn't for the fact that we know we were getting a season two of Loki, Loki would have had the same problem. Because it's like, why are you spending all this, all these five episodes, you know, taking us on this very fun ride. And then in the sixth episode being like, oh, and here's Kang and you defeated him. So pacing has to, obviously the word pacing has never appeared in a Forbes magazine because otherwise JPEG would have read it. I'm like, well, according to the Dow Jones industrial average, my pacing is business, 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 mergers, acquisitions. Money, money, money. <laughs> so I really hope that they learn from, because we're not the only people who are saying this. Lots of other Marvel fans have had the same complaint, even with Obi-Wan. It's like, why did Obi-Wan absolutely have to be six episodes? With Obi-Wan, it was actually the opposite. People were like, that show went on for too long, and there's stuff that you don't need in there. That would have been an amazing two-and-a-half-hour movie because the stuff, the highs of that show were some of the highest highs in all of Star Wars, period. So somebody needs to get it in their heads that this box that they put themselves in of like six episodes and that's it, that box has got to go. Just crumple it up and set it on fire. 
thank God She-Hulk is supposed to be longer. So it feels like at least somebody's learning. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, honestly, at this point, I'm still very excited to see the last episode of Ms. Marvel. As, as always, mm-hmm. I'll, we'll oh, be yeah. up at eight in the morning to check it out and just go ahead and get into it. But, uh, I, yeah, I, this, again, I think what, uh, the only thing I'm saying, I think the only thing we're saying here is we're a little tired. We're a little fatigued of this whole, like, oh, it could be this, like, like, like the, we're already, we're already hot here. We're already like hot for more Marvel stuff. You got to strike while the iron's hot. And if you don't, then fans are going to get eventually tired. And Miss Marvel is already suffering from it. Like Miss Marvel didn't get as nearly as many views as the other shows have. And so you like, I I think there, I think, you know, Disney plus shows have been, have the potential and still have the potential to be amazing. Hawkeye proved how you can really, start cross-pollinating and do some really cool things except they waited till like the last possible episode to do it but like imagine like imagine had kingpin been introduced in like the third episode and like had some more screen time to interact with other characters like just imagine there was three more episodes of that show yeah beautiful would have been beautiful 100 percent Miss Marvel, I'm having so much fun with this show. It's a beautiful show, Ryan. I mean, in the end, you take away, like, again, you take away this whole, like, mystery and everything. Like I said, like, as if you take away the comic book fan expectations, it's a really fun show about mm-hmm. a coming-of-age story about superheroes. Totally. So I, I, I just hope they learn from this. Um, and that goes for, I think they're, they're starting to learn, like, with the She-Hulk thing. Also with mm-hmm. the Andor show, thankfully, because the Andor show looks like it's going to be so damn good and they've already said that they have 12 episodes of a first season and then next year 12 episodes of the second season so they are slowly but surely crawling their way out of that box it's just a shame that falcon winter soldier loki hawkeye moon knight and miss marvel all had to live within the constraints of that box um so i i i hope they just take this as a learning lesson like you said earlier they have not hit their stride and this is an example of why they haven't. So let's see them start to hit that stride. Do more seasons of shows that are nine episodes. Do more seasons of shows that are three episodes. As long as you sit down beforehand, plot your story, and then decide creatively, not in a boardroom, how long this show needs to be. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Honestly, I, I'd be okay if they did, like, imagine a three-hour spectacle, though, of, like, a super cross-pollinated Marvel show. Oh, hell yeah. Like that, that, the, uh, the Guardians holiday special is going to be, like, one little thing. But I feel like that's going to be more cohesive because it's one little thing. It's planned to be that. Right? Yeah. They did say, though, that has nothing to do with the MCU or anything. Like, it's just, like, a spin-off holiday series. And that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. Because my expectations now are set and I don't have to care about it and I can just enjoy it. But like when it comes to these Disney Plus shows, there has to be some level of like MCU connectivity. And and although they were tipping around and trying to like really build Miss Marvel's story, and they're doing a great job of building Miss Marvel the character, but but without a villain to really challenge this character enough, we're kind of like, I don't know, we're kind of just drifting. And I don't like drifting in a show because if I'm drifting, I start, my mind starts to wander. And if I start to wander, you lose me. And so there's gotta be, there's gotta be a decent, there's gotta be a good rhythm. 
And and again, Marvel has all the these Disney Plus shows have all the potential to be much bigger, much bigger, and like they could have the same success as Stranger Things if they do it right. Let me ask you and never tell me the odds, Ryan. Right. Um, what are the odds that week we find out, just like we did with Loki, that the stories of this Marvel season two? So what are the odds if there's a Miss Marvel season two, essentially? I'd say I'm actually going to say a little lower only because she's going to have, I think she's going to be more of a cameo, not cameo is a poor choice of words. She's going to be a more of a supporting type of character in a lot of other projects. Like she could be the doorway into an, like she could be the doorway into a new and humans story, which, which would be amazing. Um, but like, yeah, like if that's not the case, I don't know. I, I don't know. Actually, they could, what they could even do and what I'd recommend they do is do a Miss Marvel season two and focus on the Inhumans part of her history and literally introduce the Inhumans that way and don't even do an Inhuman show because of the stigma around it uh, and and reintroduce them that way. And that, they, that way they get a fresh whole new perspective and then we get this fun, you know, fun journey uh, of history of the Inhuman characters through Miss Marvel's eyes, which would be really, really unique and really cool. Um, but again, I don't know if we're going to get a season two out of this. I really don't. I don't feel like it just because like if, if they're a business minded, if they're, if they're influenced by a business minded individual, if her viewers were much lower than others, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to push for a season two. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like it's on the low side, too. I would say 14% is the mm-hmm. odds that we get a season two, because you're right. It is The viewership is low. The numbers are low. So that's not the show's fault. I got I think the show's doing a great job. It, but the suits upstairs are going to look at those numbers and be like, well, uh, technically, we don't business, 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 business. Um, and then also money, there's the money, fact... Money, 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 money. money. Uh, there's also the fact that Marvel's is kind of season two for her in a way. Like with Loki, it was different because we never, we don't, we're not seeing Loki anywhere in the movies anymore, really. Like he's, he's dead. And then this backwards time travel Loki is off God knows where the TVA. So giving him a season two isn't going to interfere with anybody else's plans. If anything, it's going to accelerate them because we assume it's going to give us more information on Kang who is going to pop up in other places. Um, I mean, if if I was on the writing team, like if I was calling the shots here in Miss Marvel, at this point, like if they put me in right now and they said, Andrew, we don't have an episode six written yet, what would yeah. you do <laughs> in this, you know, whatever world that is? I would, at that point, I'd be like, well, okay, we're five episodes in. We were, as you said, we're drifting we have too many questions. So at that point I would go all in and I would be like, the finale is just going to raise more questions and lead to a season two at that point. Uh, I would rather do that. I would rather have what Loki had and have this giant season filled with mysteries that you only scratch the surface of and then say, stay tuned for more. I'd rather do that than pull a Hawkeye and a Moon Knight and a Rise of Skywalker even and say, let's wrap up everything in a bow right now. Really quick, yeah. uh, go. The end. 
So I'm, I would hope that they would maybe choose to do that. But you're right. I don't think it's super likely, which is kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, again, though, we have great characters to play with, and they, they definitely are going to be fun in the sandbox to play with other characters. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, episode six, I it's going to be jam packed. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be a pretty long episode. Uh, I hope I so. Gonna, yeah, I assume it's going to be jam packed. But they got a lot to resolve. They got a lot to clean up at the same time. So, uh, in the end, though, like I said, this show—if you're looking for a rich cultural coming of age superhero story—this is the best you're going to get. Like hands down, the best you're going to get. Uh, it, it's fun to see Spider-Man grow up in New York and, you know, be like a modern age social, trying to be a social media trend Spider-Man. Like that's really fun. But from Kamal, it's like really the ground up, like feelings, you know, being an everyday teenager kind of thing. I love it. And in the end, but like as a Marvel show, there's a lot to clean up here. And so we'll have to wait and see next week. That's right. We're a week away from the big finale and Disney, if you're watching, listen to what Ryan just said. He said, I hope it's a nice long episode. Again, the network would make you do episodes that were an hour long minus commercials because that was then. This is now, you can do whatever you want. You can make it a two hour long episode. Nobody says no. There is no gatekeeper except for your own president who will say, no, you can't do that. Okay? Okay. We, we have now been podcasting about your episode longer than your episode. <laughs> like, exactly. Ah, oh boy. But uh, I sound like I'm trashing on the show, and I don't want to sound that way because I genuinely really adore this show. Uh, I think it's one of the best shows they've given us, one of the best new worlds and new characters that they've built around. Uh, I just hope they give her the, the send-off that she deserves because not only does this character deserve it, but I feel like all the fans, you know, young Pakistani girls who watch the show and are like, oh, finally, representation in a, in a superhero thing, they deserve for this show to be given a proper send-off. Mm -hmm. uh, like, a lot is riding on this. This is an important show. Never mind your numbers, Bob. Never mind how few people watch or how many people watch. It's an important show to people. So treat it as such. Pretty please. Ryan, where can people find you when you are not singing like Elvis Presley? At the International Hotel in Las Vegas. Where As always, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada, and you can find me on my YouTube channel uh, at uh, youtube.com forward slash Expert Zone. Uh, we're trying to get to 4,000 followers, and we're not too far away, Woo! so that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and Fantasia, where could the good people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, not at the International Hotel in Las Vegas singing with Elvis because I don't have his angelic voice, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Fantasia, and you can find me on the Andrew Fantasia YouTube channel because Ryan Westworld Season 4 is happening right now, and I'm talking about it there every week. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to do it soon. Tessa Thompson. Um, let's just say in the latest episode, there's a guy who uh, – he lives out one of my wildest fantasies, Ryan, because uh, Tessa Thompson shows up in the backseat of his car and ties him up. 
Couldn't ask for anything more. <laughs> she can yep. be the king of my Asgard anytime she wants. Absolutely. Uh, Breach. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that has been uh, Infinity Rewatch. You guys have all been amazing. We'll see you here uh, for the finale, but we'll see you here very, very soon in like 24 hours-ish, maybe a little more. It's Thor Love and Thunder. We're seeing that tomorrow. Uh, Ryan, are you excited for Thor Love and Thunder? No. So excited. We're I'm dragging you my, to the theater. I, <laughs> I'm bringing my Thor's, Thor's hammer. I've read interesting reviews, spoiler-free, of course. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, very stoked. It's going to be it's gonna be epic. Can you quickly give me one prediction for the movie and one, I hope this happens, like this is on my, my dream checklist? One prediction, I hope Hercules is mentioned is at least mentioned i will be even more delighted if i see him because we are doing a good job if because you know we did that episode about our trading cards where we've collected most of them i know wonder yeah. man's coming as well so we've collected most of our avengers be it east and west coast um so i'd love to see a mention or a actual look at hercules and so that's what I'm predicting. And what I'm hoping for is uh, a crazy Guardians of the Galaxy end credit sequence. Like, like not, not being Guardians of the Galaxy, but like, you, like we talked, talked about with Thor Dark World, that kind of end credit sequence. Like, I would love to see something. Like, even if it's Warlock, our first view of Warlock, I don't know. Uh, Kang reference something, something fantastic for even. I don't know. Give me something. I, I, I'm stoked. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> even like Atlantis. I don't name or give me anything, anything. I mean, Dr. Strange did it with, uh, and spoiler if you haven't seen it yet, but you should have seen it by now is with Clea. Yes. That was epic. Give me more of that. Give me Namor at the end of Thor. I don't even know why. I just, I want to see some, give me Doom. Doom would be so cool. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Um, let's see, what, what do I have? What do I, okay, a prediction. What I think is going to happen is, I think Jane is going to die. Um, I just have, I think they're going to go, I know in the story she gets cancer and then she gets Mjolnir. Um, but I don't think being mighty Thor cures her. I think she's going to die. Um, I think Natalie Portman was like, okay, I'll give me one more movie. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll send my character off on a, on a, you know, we'll, we'll actually send her off instead of just me not being in Thor three. Right. Well, so I think we're going to have that happen. Um, and what I hope happens is I hope that it's kind of along the lines of what you said. I hope we get a post-credit scene that, but very specifically, I hope the post-credit scene does what the Clea thing did, is that I hope it sets up, like unmistakably, like there's no question among fans, it sets up Thor 5. Uh, you know, I, I hope it's not like just something that's sort of, this could pick up in any other movie. Hey, look, it's it's Kang or whatever. No, I I hope it sets up four five period. Uh, I, like I hope that scene is Marvel's way of 
announcing that Thor 5 is happening, essentially. Whatever it may be. Uh, could be. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. It's almost, yeah, we're, we're very close. So 24-ish hours and we'll be there. In the meantime, though, I hope everybody out there, especially you, Bob Chapek, have a marvelous day. A Miss Marvelous Day. Mm-hmm.